This week on How To Be 60, former Minder star Gary Webster. He's currently touring with 12 Angry Men and life is on the up, but he is very honest about the downs. When I've been in debt and it's heavy and you are struggling, there is no day that you wake up smiling. You are in grief all the time. There is no good day. And I'm wondering how to be 60. It's scaring the shit out of me. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of How to Be 60 with me, Chief Inspector Kay Adams, and the retired desk sergeant, Karen McKenzie. Desk sergeant? I, I just see you as a kind of desk oh, sergeant. God. You know, the one that kind of... Overweight. Well, I didn't Pass say. a fag in their hand and puts it out when somebody comes into <laughs> the... <laughs> that is exactly... How did you know that's what I was thinking? Yes, I mean... <laughs> Evening oh. all, oh god, you remember? Evening all, what was that again? Dixon of Doctrine. Dixon of Doctrine, Saturday night Stop at six it. o'clock. Oh no, of course. We don't have to be that no, old. No, We don't have to be that old. Though now I'm trying to think of the Evening all. God, you've just brought that back. Anyway, I did go for a Law and Order theme, I thought, because this is in honour of Gary Webster yes. that we're going to be speaking to, who was in Minder, of course. Yeah. Um, now in a touring production of the classic 12 Angry Men. Do you know, I only saw that film for the first time about two months ago. Is that right? Yes, yes. Oh, a really just... old film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great, though. It's good. Really it's good. good. No, it's good. About a jury deciding yes. the fate of a young delinquent. So uh, Gary's in a touring production of that. Patrick Duffy's in it. Bobby. Oh, my God. Bobby from Bobby, Dallas. Oh my yes. God. He was a hunk in his day, wasn't he? Was. he? Did you fancy him the most? Uh, I suppose the JR. JR had a bit of rugged charm. No, he had no charm. No? Nah, look what he put Swellen through. Oh, I love Sue Ellen. <laughs> I loved Sue Ellen so much. Actually, she came on Loose Women, not Sue Ellen, obviously. Oh, right. um, <laughs> Linda Gray. Yeah. And, oh, what a lovely... With a bottle of vodka in her no, bag. She no, she didn't. She no. didn't, but I loved Sue Ellen. Anyway. Yeah, she was great. So you I digress. Thinking, I digress. I always digress. I was thinking, though, uh-huh. I don't know why I was thinking this, genuinely last night, because I was sort of thinking about Gary coming on, etc. I thought, if I was to be a criminal, mm. what kind of criminal would I be? I know well, it's, it's random. It, I know it's random. It's criminal that you've got this house at such a low temperature. Oh, shut it's up about the house for bloody God's freezing sake. in here. I'd forgotten. We're at the end of October now. And oh my God, there's a door that you open downstairs. It's like, like going a into a broken record. Well, you're you never really change are. things, Kay. Do you know what? I'm going to get a thermometer oh, honestly, in you're here. Me I'll now. take you're the one from me. the greenhouse you're and I'll put it in here. Anyway, sorry. What you're you sitting about? there in recycled bottles. <laughs> I, I, I bet that thing's made out of recycled <laughs> bottles. I was trying to have an interesting conversation. Right. If you were a criminal, what kind of criminal would what you be? What would you be, first of all? I think I would be a grass. A grass? Uh-huh. Oh, like not, not taking grass, not smoking grass? No, 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 no. Illegal. I'd be the one who was sort of oh snitching. Oh, my God. Are you horror? Seriously? Well, Oh, my God, you're a clipe. Well... Well, because I'm a gossip. Nobody aren't I? likes a grass key. No, but well, I'm, nobody likes a criminal. I well, well, a shoplifter. I must admit, sometimes when I was a kid in Woolworths, it was bloody tempting, wasn't it? They can't come after you. No, the Woolworths are gone. Oh, why? Well, actually, when I was in, am I allowed to say Aris McCall's? Probably not. When don't, I was don't in, say Aris McCall's, no, whatever you the do. local news agent at the Aviemore <laughs> Centre when I was, yeah, I think I went through all the orange creams in the tub of roses, you know, that was on all display right. for people to sell. Like I have a quarter of that. I worked there at the time. <gasps> oh, my mm-hmm. God. That okay. and a chalk ice. Every night I worked in the cinema, again at the Aviemore Centre. You nicked it? I ate it. And no, I worked, no, nicked. I did. <gasps> That's I did. terrible. 
Well, I know. I know it's really bad. I think I saw it as a perk of the job, and it's not really, is it? No, it's not really. No. 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 Can we edit that out? No, I think we'll leave it in. I think people need to know the cut of your jib. Um, I think you would have been a madam. A madam? A madam. A madam. What do you mean? Like, a, like as in a, with hookers? Aye. Oh, I'd quite like that, to be able to crack the whip. Yeah, literally. Absolutely. Yeah, either that. Well, and it's funny, desk sergeant sitting there with a fag hanging out their mouth. <laughs> but overweight. Madam sitting there with a fag hanging out her mouth, waiting for everyone else to Died do the work. here. Bit of a synergy yes. going on there. Yeah, mm. waiting for you to do the work. That's right. Yeah, That's crack on, Kay. Beautiful. Yeah. I'm back from my holly bags. Funny enough, I was on the Costa del Crime, as you know. Uh, Costa with my del Crime, is that what it's called? Marbella. Is that what it's called? Costa yes, del Crime. Costa del Crime, yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Does a lot of crime go on there? Yes, apparently. Are it you involved does. in it? No, I tend not to be. Not uh, really. No, no, no. no. Uh, Lots of not drugs. The, nothing you're admitting to. Oh, right, back to the grass again. Yes. Or more. Yes, oh. indeed. Oh, right, right. Um, Did you have a good time with your friends and colleagues? Yes, Jane and Nadia. I had a lovely time. I had a really nice time. The sun was, it was just beautiful <sighs> sunshine. It was yeah. really, really nice, really restful. I had a bit of a dodgy tummy. That wasn't so good. Did you? Why is that? I don't know. Jane is obsessed with getting the best table in any restaurant. She with the best is, view? She is like an Exocet missile. It is unbelievable. Well, you don't want to be sitting next to the toilets. I felt I was there with my mum when I used to get embarrassed when my mum oh. used to be really stroppy. She would <laughs> insist on the best table. And Nadia is like the Barbara Streisand character in Meet the Fockers. What was that like? I've never Do seen you know, Meet the Fockers. She's like the sex therapist, all the sort of curly hair, doing yoga in the morning. Oh, right. Very free and easy, you know, everything so goes. she's very laid back. Yeah. And yeah. then there's you in the middle. Yeah. When we came back, uh, we, we went down, we were doing Loose Women, and uh, was, uh, would you have a nice time? Yeah, we had a nice time. And uh, one of the production staff said, did you go clubbing? Oh, my God. How old were they in their 20s? <laughs> Jesus. Did you go clubbing? And it was funny, the three <laughs> like of us golf club. just kind of stopped and looked at them and thought, oh, my God. Oh, my God. What in God's name would take you to a club at your... I know. God, can you imagine? No, no. Three 60-year-old women <laughs> in a club in but, Marbella. But they probably don't open till midnight. Well, we were in our bed Oh, my God, oh yes. My God. By 10. I was as likely as we bike riding a sperm whale. Oh, by... Say that again. <laughs> it's as likely as riding a whale bareback. <laughs> bareback riding a sperm whale oh jesus yeah i can't even imagine that yeah That's, but anyway oh. of course you can't imagine that who can imagine no, I know. bareback what riding a sperm whale made you think of that i don't know i thought God. it was extreme yeah, so anyway, anyway what about unlikely. you have you got condensation forming on the inside of your camper van windows yet hey, why <laughs> because of the cold <laughs> not as much as there is in here um oh my camper van is slightly driving me nuts right i've got this really boring thing going on with a fuse i know you're going to shout me down but actually the cigarette lighter doesn't work which I know I don't have fags but it stops me charging the phone shut it shut it and at first I was not interested and I thought I'm just gonna take it to a shop they couldn't resolve it so then I got my old neighbor who's a massive geeky camper van guy and do you know it's really exciting we keep finding different fuse boxes within the camper van but Sorry, I've not nailed it mm-hmm it's really exciting. It is. We keep finding fuse boxes. Yeah, in and the I now van. know how to test them. You pull them out, look them up to the light. That if you've not, not got one of those electric things, you know, that tells you whether it's live or not or broken. And you look up and you see whether the kind of little fuse bit's broken. Well, it's not. You put it back into the slide. 
honest to God, I just need the time to get to focus on my last set of views. And I've been on a forum looking and, and, and they've told me where to find them. Not always I correct. I can actually see the excitement in you. I know. Actually. Oh my God, I'll be so excited the day that I resolve the problem of the cigarette lighter. Maybe it's actually just a faulty cigarette lighter, but I don't know yet. I'm believing it's a fuse. They're in the most ridiculous places though, these fuse boxes. I, 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 I'm, I'm finally gobsmacked. Do you know, I'm sort of kind of bored myself now with right. it, but <laughs> it is... It is marginally exciting, and um, yeah. Well, I think if people listen to a podcast for eight minutes, that's quite good. I mean, if they switch <laughs> off after that, that's all right. That's all right. We can edit that out as well. I actually had some big thoughts while I was away in the Costa del Crime. Like what? Well, I'm now sixty and ten months. I know you're getting there as well. Yeah, uh, the podcast has been going for. 19 months ish. We've oh done eighty episodes. That's incredible. We're I know. still talking. I know. And so just, you know, you're away, you've got time to think. I went some nice walks and things like that, and I was mm-hmm. sort of reflecting on mm-hmm. it. And dare I say it, for the second time in a fortnight, I've had an epiphany. Right. I have. Uh, in terms of what I want to do, you know, this whole thing about how to be 60, and I think I'm going to carry on exactly as I am. What do you mean? Well, what do you mean? What do you mean? You're not going to give up? Well, I mean, no, because we had Andy Oliver last week. She was amazing. She was full of energy. She was full power. Are you saying this She's podcast? at the top of the, the... No, no, I'm just saying how to be 60. Just carry on. If you feel good, just keep bloody carrying on. Billy Billingham, we spoke to the same thing. It's about That's your biological age. Though. They've got no, a balance. They, no, no, right don't. enough, that was a fair point. Your biological a, and your... Rather than your chronological. I agree with that. I agree with that. But Kay... Rather than having this expectation, just because, you know, the, the date clicks round to 60, that you suddenly have to slow down. Are you telling Why? me? Look at Madonna. She's 65. She's off on a world tour. I know, but you're nothing like Madonna. Can I just let you know that now? <laughs> nor will you ever be but the whole point of this was that you were trying to cram in too much you were like oh my but you can do it while you can do it but, while you still can so is this the last episode then no, the podcast? no 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 but I, I just think I, I've had a like I say I've had an epiphany because it was all about maybe I need to calm down maybe I need to get a bit yes. more stressful but maybe I don't maybe are you saying my sage advice is going to get thrown into the compost well for instance, you've just spent two minutes telling me you get excited about finding fuse boxes in your camper van. And I'm going to stand exactly by that. not selling it <laughs> to me. Whereas I've got Andy Oliver saying, yeah, I'm going to gobble up life as much as I can. I'm Agreed. going to wear bright clothes. But I be. think like, you... Did you listen to Did you listen to Andy Oliver last week? Did you go home and try on your batty riders? Why would I do that? Oh, yeah, because she mentioned that. That's correct. No, why would... No. Apart but, from anything, it's... But you November. should have gone home. You should have put on your short shorts. You said, look at me. I've got a great arse. I'm going to wear I have got a good arse. I don't care. You have. Mm-hmm. But you cover it up in recycled bottles. Have your <laughs> sisters aged in the same way that you have? Actually, my next sister up, the one that's next to me, she is. She looks younger than me. She's very trendy, very... <gasps> Which I one's know, that? Ag. Oh, Ag, yeah, she does look. She's yeah, more sophisticated she is more you. sophisticated. She's got more money than me, though, so she can spend money on yeah. nice clothes. Albeit that she gets a lot of charity clothes, but... I mean, she wouldn't wear that, would she? I'm wearing this body warmer (laughs) because it's so bloody cold. I don't know if I mentioned this before. It's... Has she let her hair go? It's probably about 70... Do you know what? I was was actually saw her um, last week because I was down in London. And she's the one... There's four girls, right? 
she's the one person in the family that doesn't have to colour her hair. Her hair is fine. Her hair is brownish. She she's not got a grey hair in her head. The rest of it, I've got I've got this curly. Don't be looking at my head like that. We've got this sort so of wiry, isn't it? Eh, bit pubic. Bit pubic. <laughs> it is a bit pubic. But and once I get the hair straighteners out, thank mm-hmm. God for hair straighteners. I know they came in about twenty years ago, and I still use so them. So she's a lot. aged better than you. She has. She has. She's. I don't know how old she, she's. She got the same kind years. of crevices that you have. Yeah, unfortunately, and even my daughters have got. I'm not falling for that. <laughs> really, I have. Can't believe I said. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really. Oh no! But you know, and I mm. often go and I pull my skin back, and I think, well, that's the way it could be, and then I go. Well, do I that off. again. No, because you want that, <laughs> and I'm not going to. Are you ready for the email of the week? Yes, because you know I love this bit. Yes. Well, it's from Siobhan. Siobhan. Hi, Siobhan. One of our younger listeners. How old is Siobhan? She's turned 50 this year. Oh my God. Yes, 50. Uh, and it's Siobhan, lovely that people have... 49. I know. Listen. Well, actually, she's just turned 50. She says, oh, hi, right. Kane Karen. I turned 50 this year. And may I say, it's only a number. Mm-hmm. I'm with Siobhan. Mm-hmm. I have lots planned this year from holidays, getaways with my friends and family. I've truly spoiled myself. My biggest takeaway from your podcast is that age doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what I'm saying. That is what I'm saying. Yeah, Kate, that and I agree with that. But matter. you're grumpy the rest of the time because you're so tired. Right, move on. Carry on with Siobhan's email. But... <laughs> Friendship and love do. Mm-hmm. I have worked hard all my life, but in the end, that won't matter. Making lots of memories with your friends and family will. Mm-hmm. Kay, you get to work with your best friends a lot, so enjoy it all. Is that well, Nadia and yeah. Jean? What's well, not here? She's not counting in here. No. <laughs> you I and just Karen, ex colleague. You and Karen make me laugh out loud, and I'm constantly telling everyone to listen to your podcast. Thank oh, you, great. Siobhan. Yeah. Um, you are both lucky to work with your best friend oh well scrub hang that on. bit out hang on just scrub that yeah, bit out yeah Siobhan yeah Siobhan you've got the rest right it's laboured but I'm just putting that out yeah anyway yeah, thanks yeah. for the laughs by the way it's can I just hard. a quick one just yeah. one I know I don't usually do two but um just before we speak to Gary what another email a quick one quick mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. on tablet gate <sighs> okay god do you ever give up but no I'm just saying I thought it would be nice if you would give a little back to the people who took the effort to put in to give us emails and maybe make them some tablet. You've, ref- you've refused. I accept this. I'm too busy. I accept this. You mm-hmm. won't give away any of your pickled cucumbers. I accept this. I'm going to troll up. I'm going to wrap things up and troll up to the post office and stand in a queue with the other pensioners waiting to post it. Well, it would be a gesture, but you don't want to do it, and that's fine. You're right. That. Underlined. You suggested a mug. Actually, do you know what? I've been rethinking that. I'm thinking a tea towel. Oh, no. A tea towel, Kay. It's oh, the right shape. God. It's the right shape. You bouncing up with your, oh. you know, your A-frame. And I'm then not sending underneath. anyone a tea towel. No, I think that's, it's no. a night. Do you know what? It's light to send. It's not going to break in the post. It's not going to harm anyone's teeth. No, stop it's being. It's a good bet. How's a mug? going to harm anyone's teeth i'm sitting at the tablet all oh, right you're talking, yeah well that might yeah. actually well joyce black has been in touch she's 67 hi joyce and her her response to your mug idea is great idea she's ah, a woman of I've few moved words on. joyce yeah. she's a woman of few words <laughs> is that all she said it's a yes. great idea and she's actually sent us a picture of jenny eclair's podcast mug which is older and wider She's oh. quite promiscuous in her podcast listening as Joyce. That's all right, Joyce. We can take it. Um, <laughs> but I think that's nice. I like that mug. It's nice. So what I'm saying is if we get to a million downloads. And we're a not, million? Uh-huh. We're not that's that far off. That's a long way off, isn't it? We're not that far off. Then I will personally finance the mug. And are you going to stand in the post office queue to post it? 
Well, have you got the bubble wrap here? Well, I'll do it. I don't mind that because when I go to a post office, I look like a busy executive. I don't look like a pensioner like you. <laughs> but you are a pensioner <laughs> like me. Yes, we don't. That's because you keep anyway. it down your hair. We'll speak to Gary after this. It's been an education. <laughs> <laughs> You've no idea how many men say that, actually. It's quite funny. <laughs> so, Gary, how does it feel to be back on stage with uh, 12 Angry Men? You've got a great cast. I mean, Patrick Duffy is one. You've got Michael Greco from EastEnders, Gray O'Brien. Uh, yeah, Tristan Gemmell, Ben Nilan. I mean, it's a lovely, lovely cast. Um, yeah, I mean, I always find theatre pretty scary because as one gets older... You know, the, the, I always remember Laurence Olivier saying that, you know, the most difficult thing is remembering the lines, and I, I, I can concur with him. So um, it's very, very rewarding. It's, uh, it's a great uh, kind of arena to be in uh, with such a wonderful cast and great play. But it is, I have to get in a bubble, uh, a bubble of focus to make sure that I'm, I'm on the ball every night, which I didn't have to do some years ago. So how, how old are you, Gary? You're not 60 yet, are you? No, I'm 59. I'm 60 in February next year. Oh, and how is that feeling? Oh, I, I, I really don't have a problem with it. I've never had a problem with age in any shape or form. I, I, I've never really celebrated the big birthdays, 21, 30, 40, 50. Um, they just come and they go. Uh, and I just sort of keep pushing forward. I, I do think it's about your energy in life and it's about your, your attitude to life. Um, and I think that would determine how to determine how old you are. You know, I think if we we hit certain benchmarks and we think, oh God, what am I going to do next? I'm just more in, I'm more interested in what I'm going to do tomorrow. Yeah. Did you always focus on acting? Did you always know what you wanted to do? No, no. I, I was far more interested in sport, and you know, just um, just you know, we was in the fifth year of a comprehensive. You know, there was. I didn't know what I was going to do, quite frankly. And then um, the, a French teacher, I've got, I've got from grade one GCSE or CSE to grade five, so I've gone to the bottom of the class. And I was, I was messing about a bit, and she said to me, why don't you channel your energies into the school play? And I hadn't really thought about that before. So um, they were telling the, can you imagine, the life story is a musical of the life story of Al Capone. Uh, it's called Big Al. And the player person, the kid playing Al, had dropped out. I did it. Um, on the opening night, I always remember it. It's very vivid to me. Um, uh, the, the, it went very well. I got dropped off at the top of my street, and I had a walk down to my house to the other about 50 yards. And I, the car dropped, the vehicle had dropped me off. They drove me off. They drove away. And I ran. Like the uh, clappers, I was I was on cloud nine. I was, you know, floating, running. Got to the door. I was just. I thought this is it. Open my dad opened the door. Out it go. It was all very subdued. Oh, well done, all that. But I knew then that was what I wanted to do. I never had a feeling like it. So I, I, my goal was to get act uh, professional actor on my um, passport. Once I achieved that. I, I thought that's where, where I started. That's where I want that. I, I've, I'm happy. Everything else is a bonus. So then I worked in the West End. I played Macbeth at the Bowler Octagon. I was on TV. All, all gravy, as they say now, you know, all, all, all bonuses. So, so what was 
what were you looking for? Were you looking for fame? Were you looking for money? I mean, because it's a very precarious life. You know, it's not going to be a steady yeah. life. I don't know. I, I can only um, I was equated back in the day when I was like between like 10 and 15, 16. I loved the great orators like Martin Luther King or John F. Kennedy and you know, Gandhi. I was obsessed with their kind of, you know, so I think that sort of um, portrayal of putting a message across was there. But I don't, my ego is not that large enough to actually sustain me continuing in it. So I'm not quite sure. Because much as I love the theatre and I love the, you know, it's nice to, for people to uh, recognise what you've done by clapping. and I can quite easily walk off stage and go. I don't need that sort of boost to my, my self-esteem to say, oh, I'm good. I've done something great. Um, I just want to do the work. I love the work. And of maybe being a different character and maybe uh, making people laugh or they're making them maybe think and be emotionally attached to what they're watching um i don't necessarily the money's great of course we all need the money and all that but the actual fame bit of it even when i was like back in the early 90s nobody was probably at its height for me um so but we're at a really interesting point so you're saying that fame wasn't really something that motivated you but you got to the early 90s, and my God, you got fame, didn't you? I mean, you were in EastEnders, which was massive at that time, and then effectively took over from Dennis Waterman in, in Minders. So whether you wanted fame or not, you sure got it, didn't you? Yeah, it was full on. Um, and it was I, I found it all quite enjoyable, you know, because I didn't change my lifestyle that much. I still went up the pub, I went to clubs, and if there was any sense that there, there might be any sort of trouble, which there could have been because people think you're, even though they don't know you, you're a bit of a Jack the Lad, I would always diffuse that by going over to the group that you could see were going to be trouble and going, oh, how are we doing? And, oh, do you want a pint? And, all. and then you become their hero as opposed to their enemy. Yeah. And, you know, of course, one of Western Oaks, tomorrow it could all be gone, and it was. <laughs> so it's like you just get with it, you know. What, what do you mean it, it was? Well, the fact is once the series finished and then things begin, you know, you sort of begin to wane. So you get to the point then where you, you're not necessarily uh, in the public eye all the time. And then you get to, oh, weren't you in? And then they go, did you used to be? And then you're, you know, I always remember a classic um, thing that really summed up where my career was about seven or eight years after Minder had finished. And I'd done some good work, but nothing in that such high profile. And I was walking up Piccadilly and there was two ladies coming towards me of a certain age, older than me. But you kind of, you know, I knew they must have recognised me to a certain degree. And one said to the other, um, isn't that Gary Webster? And I was, oh, that's nice to hear. <laughs> and the other one honestly replied, yes, didn't he used to be an actor? And I was down on the floor I was ruined and I slumped home thinking, yes, that just about sums my career up at the moment. So, but seriously, um, how does that feel? Oh, I found I found the humour in it. I thought that is, if I could have written that, I would have done. Yeah, Cause that's but in the moment, exactly where but you still have to go home. I mean, that is the actor's life, isn't it? One minute you're the cock of the oh. walk, the next you're the feather duster, that's what they say. And that must be difficult to deal with. Uh, to be honest with you, Kate, I I never really have that problem, as I say, because I never 
Um, those two imposters of success and failure, I never really, if they had criticised my performance in something, that would have hurt if I'd given my all. But the fact of all the trappings that go around your success because you may have done a good performance in something, it's just noise, you know. And I never really took any of it seriously um, in that regard, you know. Um, and so I just immediately thought, oh, that is such a great line. That's a story I will tell 20 years from now to any budding young actor or whatever, to just to say, that's how it could be sometimes, you know. So, um, I know, I, I, I never never took it, never took any, you know, ego denting never came home, never had. But that suggests that work or TV work had stopped. Had it stopped? Oh, yeah. yeah. So you were... Were you ostensibly out of work or were you still... Oh, good, yeah, for a long time, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I even took some time out uh, for about four or five years. But, you know, that's that's the game. That's And there are many actors that that can happen to. And, you know, you'll get no complaining from me because I'm sure that when I had my success, there was a group of older actors and actresses who were complaining, well, I don't get a job anymore or I'm... Uh, and I think it's perpetual, you know, it is ever thus. And it's just, you know, you just have to say, take it on the chin and say, well, that's how it goes. And you, if you've got to stick in there and hopefully things will change, you know. But, but I mean, nonetheless, you've got to put food on the table. Uh, oh, yeah, definitely. The two young children, you know, married. Um, I guess when you had the, the, the success of, of Minder, you were earning quite a bit of cash. And then you have a lifestyle, and then it goes. Mm. How was that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we've we've gone through the mill. I mean, we we had a period of time when we were living out of travel lodges and stuff. It's no, I mean, I'm not uh, talking out of turn there. I'm talking really because we we've been very open with what happened and the struggles we we went through um, uh, because it can happen to anybody. Uh, you know, we are, I mean, that phrase, we are all just a paycheck away. And it's not one thing or another. It was a group of circumstances that led us into believing, you know, we had projects on the go, film projects that were going to be financed. They collapsed due to people. And, you know, one thing happened to another and all that. So we were coming out of a rented accommodation and going to go into another one. But that fell through. And then we had a period of time where we were, you know, looking every day to see where we would be staying. And that was very tough. And it's very tough on the children. Um, but um, we have always been very open with them and tried to explain that th this isn't because, you know, I or whatever have just been sort of, um, you know, smoking it away or drinking it away or whatever. It was just a catastrophic set of circumstances that led us to where we were. Oh. What point, Gary, did you get that feeling that things were starting to unravel for you? Oh, I think it comes quite quickly because you can see, um, you can see that you're struggling every month. But as I say, I was doing a show called Family Affairs, and I was getting paid every week, and it was good money. But the fact is, I was I was making up for the three or four years previous that I'd gone myself into debt, and I had to pay off certain debtors and regularly paying out stuff. And this was when there were no kind of understanding debt collecting agencies. They were knocking on the door and they would be wanting their money. And then, of course, you think, okay, 
Uh, for example, Family Affairs has just won two soap awards. I've got one there myself on that piano. And everything's great. It's two more years, great new contract. Somebody made a decision above us and said, well, I'm going to pull Family Affairs. No, no, what do you do now? I've got all these things. I've lined them all up. I've got back, and now I'm out of work. And when you come out of work out of a soap, it does take a little bit of time to find your kind of niche. And it, gone were the days then you could go in and, you know, do a pantomime and all that because Family Affairs wasn't necessary. So that's the circumstances, set of circumstances that made us then begin. Then we lost the house eventually through that because we couldn't keep up with the mortgage payments, et cetera, et cetera. This is an everyday tale that, you know, is still prevalent even more today, you know. So I'm a great advocate of putting my head above the parapet to say, listen, if it can happen to me and I'm willing to speak about it, I know it's happening out there. Let's all talk about it because in the society like we live in, which is, you know, should be much more caring and understanding, there's still a lot of people struggling, you know. There's still a lot of people taking their own lives and that's, is is unacceptable. I, I mean, I totally get what you're saying about outside judgment, Gary, because we never know, you know, the detail of people's situations. Did you beat yourself up? Well, I know. I, I probably will reflect on it at one day in my life and, and obviously give myself an extremely hard time, but there is no time to beat yourself up because there's another day and another day you have to find a way to make it work. You, There is no time for you to be super critical of yourself of course you know this is that again it's not a situation anyone who's ever been through that who's ever worried about the knock on the door or the letter coming on saturday morning to say you're going to get cut off on the monday you know anyone's ever doesn't do that our choice doesn't do that because they're you know they, they think it's quite you know it's a, it's a sacrifice worth making it's awful and of course there are people who abuse the goodwill and good nature of people. Of course there are. But the majority are many people who are just trying to make ends meet. And I went around my mum to say, I better warn you, I'm go- I'm go- there's going to be reports that I've gone bankrupt. I can't put the level of horror that she had, you know, of it was almost worse. Than- I could have said I'd murdered someone. You were talking about crime before. I could have said I'd murdered someone and that would have been easier for her to understand than going bankrupt, you know. But she got it in the end, you know, because it's not its not through choice. How did that feel for you then, your mum's disappointment? <laughs> it's cool. I don't, you know, I just simply say, come on, what are you talking about? I haven't killed anyone. I would just play that line with her. And she'd go, oh, she'd know, but she'd be, they would have been out more out of worry. But, you know, you have to allay people. You have to get things in perspective. As I said, you know, I haven't killed anyone. We are together. I'm not going to go, you know, we are, we're going to find a way through it. So... Let's not all, you know, let's not make it worse than it actually is, you know. And let's be, um, I'm telling you, there we are. They always begin again and we start again and we keep fighting, you know. So you're a very resilient person. Mm -hmm. Your relationship must be very resilient because that would crack a lot of relationships. I I think, you know, what for us going through the troubled times we have, and we've had some fantastic times, don't get me wrong. I mean, we've, we've, princes to paupers. Uh, is that hopefully Wendy and I as as strong as ever and our relationship with our children who have been wonderful are as strong as ever and I think when I shake off this mortal coil uh, that is something I will be most proud of that 
the effects of that, of effects of what we went through, didn't sully our relationships together. And because I think we were open and honest, and they still look upon me, hopefully, favorably, you know, that um, whatever happened, there's more positive than negative from me than old dad. So how how did you get out of your debt? Or are you still in there? Or are you how, Where are you at the moment? When a, a drug addict or an alcoholic, you know, they go into uh, the priory for four weeks and expect then the excesses of 20 years before to be over in four mm. weeks. It's not like that. It's not like that. So if, if you've... You know, nobody goes bankrupt overnight. It is over a period of time or no one gets into debt overnight. It's over a period of time. So if you've, if you've been struggling for 10 years, it will take you about 10 years to about, as long as you're on the other side of it and you're in control. I mean, it's all very much about controlling. So when that knock at the door comes, it's not out of your control. It's in your control. Or when that phone call comes, you know, you've already set out a repayment plan that is happening on a monthly basis, then you're in control. So we are we are stable and we're working and things are getting better and I've written a film and all this sort of stuff is happening. So we're on the way up. We're on the way up, which is lovely. But, it, you know, it, it doesn't happen overnight. And, and as I say, we said when we went, we're going through some of our toughest times, you learn about people. Some people completely abandon you, thinking very much as you say, okay, it's your fault, you get out of it. And then other people you didn't expect come to your aid, come to your existence, say, I've been there, I've been there, I know what that's like, I'm going to give you a little lift up, you know. And we had that on both sides of the fence. So you learn about life, you learn about people. It makes me a more rounded person and makes us also want to definitely give back. Mm. I mean, it, it's really interesting to me that that you obviously very much want to not normalise it, but but be part of, as you say, a normal experience or an experience that can happen to anyone. Whereas for someone like you who made your name as an actor and you had these very high profile roles, etc., for people who have had that experience in life, there's often a need to keep up appearances, to 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 be the star. So therefore, admitting that you've got yourself into debt by whatever means is kind of even harder. But you didn't feel that. Oh, no, the, the fall is difficult. The fall is difficult. But who am I? You know, I, I, I'm, I'm still breathing. As I say, I wake up, I'm breathing. Great. I, I can change it. I can change it. Well, there's some people, unfortunately, you know, I, I wasn't stopped by depression in, in, in such a, a, a way that, would debilitate me, you know, so I know, but so I'm their voice because when you're in that situation, it can crush you because you don't see any way out. So I, you know, I had the fall, I, I was very much aware of, oh, you know, people will make judgments and it's a great, it's a much better story if you've been up there and then suddenly you're down there, you know, if I was just a jobbing actor, nobody would give a toss, you know, but oh, because you're that, and we all love to hear about how people come from nothing and make it, and then we all love to hear how they've lost it all, you know. Um, as long as the journey for us has a happy ending, as they say, we will be, that's what we fight for. We fight for the, the, the kind of, for the, 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 the romantic ending. But um, no, I, 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 it was difficult, but I thought that's just my ego getting in the way if I can't get on and make it. Difficult in, in what way? What, what did you find most difficult about it? Um, 
Well, in the fact that, you know, you, I found that the fact that it might affect, you know, if I was going to be vocal about stuff, that I don't write stuff and have stuff published it, you know, the, the, the lads were like, oh, what, you know, why, why are you making uh, it um, public knowledge? But I said, but it will be public knowledge anyway. But someone will look around and go, oh, oh he's doing this. So, uh, um, but not, not difficult with the fact of, and then you, people will make judgments and say, oh, you know, you've been wasteful or you've just, you're just, you know, blasé about it. I'm never blasé about it. Being in debt, there's nothing you can be blasé about it. But I had to get it into a, in perspective. That's what you have to do on something like that. You have to have it in a box, which is there. Um, it's, it's not cancer. It's not, you know, I've had a heart attack. I've had too many strokes. It's not that. It's not like, it can be life-threatening, but we must keep in that thing and we must then drive that through as opposed to, you know, allowing the influence of others to give it that kind of prominence, you know? And the more, it's like, it's like any disease. It's like anything. It's, debt can be a disease. You know, I've, I've lost my father, you know, I lost my father quite young. And there's a period, I always say, there's like a grieving period. And then there's the period of time when you wake up one day and you, you don't want to, but you feel a little bit better. You begin to smile. You begin to laugh because you actually dealt, when at a time when he first died, I didn't think I'd ever laugh or smile again, you know. When I've been in debt and it's heavy and you are struggling, there is no day that you wake up smiling. You are in grief all the time. There is no good day. Now, the fact you might put a face on for others and people that might demean what you're actually going through, that's for others to be people to make the judgment. Well, when you're battling every day, there's no day I ever woke up when we was in debt and we was travelling from one travel lodge to the other and thought to myself, oh, I, I, I'm getting used to this. I can actually function today. Every day was a fight. Every day was a battle. Mm. We should look forward, but just before we do, from an emotional point of view, how does it feel to borrow? Because traditionally, that's something we find quite difficult to ask for help. And then you add into that money, which is, you know, a very difficult, awkward, you know, subject for most people. How did that feel? It's difficult because you don't want to appear that you're not trying your best to find work or, or be, but, you know, you want to understand. I was always very honest. And said, you know, we've we've hit a crisis point in our lives, and and if that was possible, or if it wasn't, it wouldn't change any relationship. You know, I wouldn't look upon someone who, who was kind enough to lend us or not lend us any money di any differently. It's just this is where we're at. You know, accuse me of being gullible, accuse me of being naive, but don't accuse me of being liar to get the money or. or or spunking it away on just, you know, my own personal pleasures. That, that was never the case. So, um, but as I say, you know, we, we're on a much more po positive upline now. And, and, and we have that experience in our locker to, to go forward with. So looking forward now, as you said, you're, you're 59 and, you know, this podcast is is how to be 60. <laughs> and a lot of the time we talk about, you know, how do you want to spend the next part of your life, et cetera, and what do you want to do? But we'll get people get in touch with us and say, well, if you've got the luxury of, of uh, financial security, that's fine. But a lot of people worry about financial security, particularly at this stage of their life when, you know, they may not be able to 
to make money anymore and they may be carrying debt. So how, how do you feel? Well, I think this is it. I mean, I think I'm just the, the tip of the iceberg on both on, 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 on both sides of my age. You know, I think there is be a swathe of people coming up who, you know, haven't made a great provision or they've made provisions, but it won't be enough to take them from 60 to 90. And I think there's a whole raft of the younger generation coming out of university in huge debt. So the likes of me will be more and more and more and more commonplace unless we take a different attitude to it. So um, I, I, I'm a great believer in now from uh, the, the years I see ahead of us now is, right, the, you know, we've had, we've had good, we've had bad. Now this is the time to stabilize and really take forward what our talent is. I want to fulfill every potential of our talent, both Wendy and I, and encourage my kids to do so. And if that pays us well, fantastic. If it pays us just enough to get by, I'll be a very happy person. But still, for you right now, you know, I, as a married man with well, two young men, I suppose, as kids, at 59, how do you feel about your financial future? I think my financial future is going to be absolutely fantastic. <laughs> You're a great optimist. I, I love do. That. I do. And that's I what's do. got you through. I I think I'm working more now. I've written a film. I believe if we speak again in three years' time, we'll be saying, well, how was that like going out and getting that Oscar? And I'll say fantastic because you put another two zeros on my paint packet. <laughs> I love it. But you know what, Gary? I sincerely hope that, that we are having that conversation in three years' time. I really, I really do. I'm... Right, now listen, one more thing to do, Karen. Okay, right. Uh, I'm looking for two numbers between one and 60. So give me one just now. Three. Three, okay. Oh, well, are you in love? Of course. With my professional, with my wife. Yeah, and your profession. You've got a love for life, actually. Yeah, yeah I would rather be. I'd rather be. So, but, I mean... Not how are you in love, but how long have you been with Wendy? We've been together since 19... Uh, married since 1999. So we, we celebrate 25th wedding anniversary next year. And my God, you've been through the mill together. I know. It's, why? Yes. How are you still in love? How are you still in love? Because Wendy is the smartest person I know. She's the most resilient person I know. Uh, she laughs at my... Th- gags we have the same sense of humor she's the knowledge of sport is better than any other guy i've ever known um yeah i I love it you're pretty resilient as well right another number 42 42 42 okay if you got a report card at the age of 60 what would yours say probably the the one that actually when i left the select at sixth form we said gary webster is assured of one thing Failure. <laughs> it didn't. That's, it did say that. It's sort of one thing when he leaves this school, failure. Oh but I, what I would say is um, good, but could do better. And that's why I want for 60, because I believe there's room for improvement. I'm, I'm so shocked that, that somebody wrote that. I, I mean, I've, I've kind of got to stop there. That Genuinely, a teacher put that on your report card. And when I see from last report, Gary Webb's Gary's is one thing. Uh, when he leaves this school, failure because he was looking at my exams because I'd done so badly in the mocks and all of that. Oh, oh, so, God. <laughs> that's okay. I'm cool with that. It's a great, it's a lovely, it's a nice anecdote. I love anecdotes. I love little stories that, 
you know, they can be kind of detrimental, but they can be inspiring. I don't mind. God, you know, Gary, it's been so lovely to speak to you. And it's been so interesting to speak to you because, you know, you read something on the page, you know, and obviously there's been lots of stories about your experience with debt and your honesty. And, and I'll be honest, you can form a certain impression in your head. And then, you know, to me, your your ebullience, your resilience, and you know, clearly the the tightness of your family unit is is really awe inspiring. It, it is, and you know, you've hit hard times, and who knows who's to blame for anything? We've all made mistakes in our life, but my God, and you're, you know, and you're so level headed as well. It could have sunk other people, and it didn't sink you. No, that's yeah. I'm 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 if I'm proud of anything, it's yeah, my wife and my kids, and we've. We have, you know, I mean, during lockdown, as an example, you know, it's all closed down and everyone's there. And we sat out and there was a meteor shower night one night, I don't know if you remember. And it was warm and it was in the first lockdown and we all sat outside in sort of um, chairs and all that. And just at one o'clock in the morning, looking up at the, the meteor shower. And I just thought, after all we've been through, we're all still communicating. Mm. We're all still talking and they still want to be with us. Yeah, we we may we may be through the worst. Oh, I hope so. Mm-hmm. And we look forward to speaking to you in three years' time and <laughs> polishing your Oscar. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mrs. Please. <laughs> Brilliant! I love it. Thank you. Thanks so much. Next week, breathe in and put the biscuits down. We're joined by the former boss of fashion label Jaeger, Fiona Lambert. She's just returned from climbing Kilimanjaro and says she's in the best shape of her life at 60.